0: How's it going everyone? Welcome to the Ascension podcast. My name is Camille and I'm a life coach. This podcast is all about personal development, spirituality, and creating the life that we want. I hope you're all keeping safe and well during this time. And today we're going to be talking about something that is important to pretty much everyone, something that everyone looks for. Mm. So we're going to be diving deep and just be prepared for that. (laughs) So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the pursuit of happiness. I've got a very special guest on. He wanted to be introduced as the best person I've ever met. <laughs> so um, I'll let him introduce himself properly in a bit. But I hope you enjoy this episode. If you've got any questions, check me out on Instagram at The Ascension Coach and on Facebook at Camille Rug. Welcome back, guys. I've got my special guest here. I'll let him introduce himself now. I thought it was only fitting because in my last podcast, I actually gave him a shout out. So <laughs> here he is gonna, now. Thanks uh, for
1: being here, bro. No worries. Uh, happy to be here. My name is Arsalan. For those of you tuning in and listening on this fine, uh, whatever day you're listening on, <laughs> hopefully it's fine at least. Um, yeah. I mean, as Camille said, I'm the best person to ever greet his life. And I think that statement stands very true to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the most impactful, I would say. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very open, raw conversation about the pursuit of happiness. What we both, what we both think of it, perceive of it, see it, experience it, and I guess we'll just take it from there. Again, it's not scripted, so I suppose we'll just, just swinging it. Yeah. We'll bounce off each other's
0: uh, <laughs> energy as we usually do. Because <laughs> I'm the best person to greet his life. <laughs> Why don't we talk about how we actually met as well? Because it's quite a unique story, I'd say, in terms of...
1: (laughs) okay, You know what? I think... I want to hear... So when I just... I tell this story to people a lot. (laughs) Just because I'm always mentioning you some way or another in people's... In conversations that I have with new people. So almost everybody in my life over the last two years that I've spoken to knows of you in some way. (laughs) They'll be like, oh, are you talking about Camille? And I'll be like, yes. (laughs) So... I explain. I've like I've learnt almost. It's become like an art form in the way I explain my story to people <laughs> and how we met. It's like a love story. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you my story, and then I want to see how
0: you say it. I haven't been rehearsing this. Man's been rehearsing. So I've.
1: I've well, clearly you don't speak about
0: me. You know? <laughs> the truth is coming out. <laughs> I might have to leave
1: now. <laughs> Uh, so usually like when I say it, I'll be like, oh, it all started uh, on a, on a summer's, summer's evening in a, in a, in a, in a magical kingdom far, far away in Macro. And for those of you who don't know who Macro is, it's uh the UK, UK equivalent of like Costco. Um, if you don't know what Costco is, you need to get out more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, simply put, um, so I remember we, I was, I was working there. It was my, like one of my first jobs before heading off to university and, it was like a evening shift job. I think we were doing like a night, night shifts, shift. Right, yeah, it was like 8pm eight, eight to, I think 8pm to midnight or something like that, 1am. Yeah. yeah. And I remember we, our job was just like moving around heavy things and like stock and just stocking aisles <laughs> up and making them look pretty. And I think it was my second or third day in and then the manager person was like, um, oh, I want you to go with
0: uh with that guy. I don't know if you used your name or not, but... He- I thought it was the first day. Was it the first day? I don't know if it was the first. No, because we had that little meeting at the start to kind of get introduced to the place, and then we
1: did. Yeah, we did. But I, the, the day I recall us like truly meeting was that pet aisle day. Yeah, you know, what I mean, that, that's when magic happened. <laughs> <We're> together. <laughs> so essentially, I was I was forced. <laughs> I, was, I was forced to go over this pet aisle with this like random guy. I was like, oh, here we go again. Have small talk here <laughs> and there, and then. Um, I start talking, I, I, I don't remember what our first
0: exact conversation was, I think it was Well, I like, what I remember is that we first started to really bond over like girl stuff Yeah, yeah, I, I remember so... that
1: we were, we were quite the womanizers back in the day <laughs> uh, I, I, I could say we still are but <laughs> No, I only, I digress I digress, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um no but we started talking about something and yeah the one of the main actual topics that we bonded over the most was as camille said was uh about the opposite sex about women we were talking about that quite a lot um in a non <laughs> in a non-hostile way by the way for those listening and it was a very respectful <laughs> way <laughs> and um i remember we just for some reason with you i had no filter you know how like, usually when you... I feel like these days when you meet new people... And I would just say it's almost ingrained into us. We always have a filter on with yeah. certain people. like Not <clears throat> to offend people. Or be careful what you say. Yeah, or careful not what you say. Be too vulnerable
0: right. either, actually. Yeah, for some something. reason. I don't know if it was the night shift and the tiredness hitting in. Or <laughs> that is weird how at later hours people tend to open up more, isn't it? It's true, it's true. <laughs> like I've had conversations
1: with people where I've come to meet them at like 2pm, 3pm. But inside my mind, I know that nothing deep and meaningful is going to be said until after the sun goes down
0: Those 3am chats for the one yeah it's
1: it's very it's very strange um but yeah no like i remember we just started talking i had no filter and then um we just bonded instantly and then took each other's contact details met each other the work the next day i think in some way you made me excited to go to work oh
0: (laughs) that's quite (laughs) touching isn't it (laughs) because
1: the the job i hated the job
0: (laughs) actually that reminds me there was one point where i wanted to have like my shift i asked oslan to take my shift because i wanted to go out and he was just like i got you bro i got you i'll take that shift for you (laughs) yeah i was like no questions asked i'll take that extra shift um and then,
1: yeah, the rest was kind of history. We kept burning. The, the funny thing is, though, you were only there for like, what? Three weeks. Three weeks. And we, I don't think we were. It's even all I
0: got paid for five. is going to hear this one day and then, like, send you an a, a, invoice. A, a invoice. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah, you were only there for three weeks. And then I don't think we even worked every single day together either. Like, we had oh, different shifts. Yeah. So it wasn't like three weeks of just constantly seeing each other. It was probably maybe about. 10 days within that and then for some reason that te- like that 10 days just made it for us we just kept in contact spoke yeah. like every day i think our message our whatsapp messages was like on a hundred thousand within what, three base? months or something. we were we were keeping full-on full-on bromance was going on. Yeah, it was a full-on bromance like it was crazy i was like this is love <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I, I first had happiness, which brings <laughs> us to this topic. <laughs> um no, yeah, but I remember we just had that chat and then the rest is pretty much history.
0: Um, we just both went to university, kept in contacts, and then after we well after I graduated, um we kind of took our connection to another level, I'd say. Yeah. Um I would say so. It was
1: so it was it was strange. After we had that macro connection for like three for two three months we were inseparable like we were talking every single day then I went off to university I remember this and I went off to university I got like into the uni lifestyle had got a girlfriend like within three weeks and I was like living my own life and then I kind of just stopped talking to everybody
0: yeah
1: I remember we didn't talk properly for like I think there was a point where we didn't talk like three four months just like
0: on and off yeah it was just kind of on
1: and off and it was like small converts
0: here and there but like nothing had changed it was just We just weren't talking it's one of those friendships where you don't need to be in constant contacts because you understand you have that mutual understanding yeah it's you don't need to have that kind of reassurance yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: and then i and then i remember like uh, literally a year goes by and then i started talking to you again no it's still recording yeah so literally like a year went by and i remember came back from uni and we connected again a little bit then the same thing happened again (laughs) 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 then I went to uni again and I remember I came for your birthday party again we went out I still had a girlfriend at that time then I went to uni again just completely on and off again then I came back and I remember at the time we hadn't spoken for quite a while I think it was maybe four to five months now of like no contact and then um I had gone through like a bad breakup with the girl that I was seeing at the time. And then that is what got me into like meditation. And I, I used it as like an escape initially. And then I I came, you you were like, my birthday is coming up again. And I was like, this is like our tradition. I have to go. (laughs) So I went and then we spoke like at the birthday and obviously there was other people there. So we couldn't speak properly, but like, we obviously, nothing had changed. We still had that connection. And then, um, yeah, and I remember you said you started meditating and then I was like, that's crazy, right? Because like, meditation is like class still even now, like amongst our age at the time as well. It was like very woo-woo kind of thing, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it's not something you go to a job interview, say, hey, I meditate and they praise you for it. It's more like, hey, I meditate. Yeah, like, you know, you're kind of like on guard, like what are they going to say next? Um, even till this day when I tell people, um, I'm sometimes like, depending on who I'm talking to, if it's someone I've just met and I don't really know how the characters like sometimes i'm like oh i'm i'm waiting for like a weird response right now or something along those lines i mean these days i just sit with my chest though i'm like
0: yeah, yeah. i meditate i <laughs> just attract the kind of people that yeah. are in that vibe anyway right exactly and exactly. <coughs> it's weird though because you when you're talking about how we kind of kept in contact and yeah. then didn't have contact kept in contact again um there's this whole saying about how people come into our lives for like a reason a season or a lifetime i think is i might have said that wrong i think it's reason season lifetime yeah yeah, pretty sure but like basically um, some people it'll just be like a wave they come in when they need to come in and then they go and then say well, like with us for example we always seem to be in sync at the right times mm. and seem to um, be in contact when like we both actually most needed each other I'd say as well
1: yeah it was strange isn't it <laughs> yeah but yeah it's true it's true
0: um, <laughs> but yeah onto the topic of happiness anyway <laughs> yeah so that's so, like a little backstory. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing our whole life story <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are talking about how <clears throat> when Arslan and we got back in contact again, we were, he was going through this breakup and we both started this journey of spirituality too. And it was kind of weird how we started at the same time or around the same time. Mm. But it was at a point when there was definitely a transition happening in various aspects of our life. Um, I was still kind of figuring out my career, um, had my own kind of girl problems too. Mm. and we were just in this journey of growth and trying to figure everything out. And when it came down to it, all of these things, all of them are tied to happiness because whenever I speak to people, they always talk about their goals, what they want to achieve, and what they want out of their life. But when it comes down to it, there is always a goal behind the goal, and that's usually peace, happiness, freedom, love, all of these things. They want to satisfy themselves in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that fulfillment, that desire for Having a life that you want to have, but it comes down to that same feeling. It's all about that feeling of happiness and how we get it. Mm. Very true. Um, yeah. And when when he mentions um,
1: when we got back into contact at that point, where I feel like we were both going transitional per- through transitional periods. So just for reference, that was exactly one year and almost six months ago. So a year and a half has passed since that moment. <laughs> Time's a weird thing these days, and um, <laughs> it is, yeah. So, but in that year and a half, I feel like we have both grown and gone through so much in that year and a half,
0: where the last like ten years of growth didn't compare. Hundred percent, like I always said. Um, since graduation, I've had the most growth I've ever had, and it's once I've invested in that self education too. Started to, I think it's kind of not forced, but when you're in the education system, there's a structure and you kind of know what you have to do. Yeah. But once you come out, you have to really start doing some soul searching and start to figure out who you are and what you want. That's uh, that's a whole other topic I can yeah. talk about for like five hours. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we should focus on. <laughs> <more>. <laughs> we'll do another podcast. For that one. No, but yeah,
1: I think when it when it comes to what you were saying about how everyone's always doing something for that that feeling of feeling good, that that feeling of satisfying some form of happiness. Because I think happiness is um it's it's a feeling that's very underlooked. Because when you if you look back at your life moments and you think about times which you spent the most in a in a feeling of emotion, I'm sure most people listening will also start to realize if if they haven't kind of looked back and tracked it before, is like you tend to focus on fear and negative emotions a whole lot more and you dwell on it a lot more. But then when happy moments happen, you're always, you're always happy for that moment that you're happy. If that makes sense. Because happiness is not a thing that I feel um, lost. Like it's not, it's not a thing that you can forever be. Like even in the state that I'm in, for example, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm constantly happy. I can say that, however, I am constantly self-fulfilled and at peace, which is a whole different thing. And I think people, in my opinion, at least, I think people strive for this goal of, I want to be happy, but I don't think they realize that happiness is just like, it's a constant pursuit. It's not
0: a, but you, you can't look at it as a pursuit. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. But then that also makes me think about the difference between joy and happiness and how it depends how we're defining happiness right now. So maybe we should talk mm. about that. Because when I think happiness, I don't think of like a fleeting moment. I know you talked about self fulfillment and yeah. being in that state too. But I feel like yeah, it's it's more to do with that feeling of contentment and peace with yourself and where you are. Mm. And not having to rely on any external things whether that was a materialistic or relationships or um, things you want to achieve, whatever, hmm. it's all about who you are now, who you're being and just being in a state of essentially like contentment and bliss. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well in, in that case, I think if we're defining happiness in that terms, in those terms, then yeah, I would, I, I would say that happiness is essentially what you've described as happiness right now is what I would describe as like inner peace. So I mm. think it's the same thing. We just have labeled yeah. it different words. And that's another good point. I think a lot of people listening will have labeled happiness as a different thing as well. Um, some people might think happiness is when they when they get a present and that that feeling that they feel in that moment, that's the feeling of happiness that they should have forever. And some people might think, hey, when I get that car, or when I buy that house, or when I have that relationship that I've wanted, that's gonna be happiness. Um but then I, I guess that brings us to the next point of that that chasing of happiness, right? Like, how do you where have, we often look for it? Yeah, like I know that I've definitely had my my own ways of searching for it in the past, and you've had yours.
0: Let's talk about that, yeah. So, where of from your history so far? What have been the kind of key key things you found yourself looking for in it?
1: I think I think for me, happiness has just been. Like I, I it's hard to explain like I I've, I'm very I think we are both very fortunate in the in the aspect that I feel like we both find we've both found our like passions in life mm. at a young age um, and it's interesting is because like I say this to you all the time the more I learn the more I realize I know nothing and but the more I do learn the more I realize that people, who aren't on the same path and aren't, you know, devoting themselves to bettering themselves every day and every year and every six months, they are just, you know, they, they, they age, they become 30, they become 40, they become 50 and they still are not happy. So I feel like we're very fortunate in that aspect that we both found
0: something that I can truly call like my life's purpose. That's the thing, right? So if we need to find, if we need to find a purpose or a passion to be happy, then that's another thing in itself. Because 100% it has helped me. Because since I've found, I want to say, my calling, my mission, and I know what I'm here to do, mm. it has 100% just redirected my focus, brought me to a state of being that I've never been in. And that's amazing because I feel so happy with where I am where, where I am, and where I want to be. But of that, <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> 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 but that's... That's still meaning I'm relying on a purpose or a mission, right? And that can mean we're making happiness more complicated because it's still seeking something external, right? So, when we're talking about happiness, mm-hmm. there's this thing, um, this thing in spirituality, and it's essentially the belief that this this might sound hard to understand mm-hmm. and digest, but I'm just going to go with it. Go with so, it. <laughs> hit me. So it's essentially that. All of us are actually the universe and we are all part of it. But we are essentially the universe experiencing itself in a physical manifestation. Mm. So we're all part of this same consciousness, but we're all just here to experience itself and experience what it actually is. Yeah. And I think that that can really tie into happiness because if we're just here to experience what we already are... Mm that can make things a lot simpler. Say when I say to be in a state of being, what does that mean? Right. To be in a state of just being, if I'm in a state of being, yeah, I'm just trying to find the words now to even explain that. So I'm
1: going to like add on to that. I think I agree with you on the whole state of being and the, we are in a, a physical manifestation of the universe expressing itself through us. Because I think everything in life happens through us, not to us. Mm-hmm. It's an important thing. Write that down, guys. <laughs> through us, not to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think I think the whole state of being comes from really understanding that in the grand scheme of things, we we give we give things that do not matter in the grand scheme too much importance, and that's what causes unhappiness. And uh, I'm going to read this passage from the book. That I'm reading right now, called "Reality Transurfing." Um, Who's the author? You know, uh, Zeland Ze- or something like that. <laughs> hes a Russian guy. Um, but strive for a state of inner peace in which you understand that you are neither important nor totally insignificant. And I think that's important to say that last part there because when when I say that we put too much importance onto ourselves as human beings, on our lives, on our purpose, on our work, that in itself stems the the seeds of you know ego of uh, dissatisfaction of sadness of negativity and at the root of it if you can eliminate importance from whatever you do that's when you become that's when you just do that's when you are in that state of being like for example us doing this podcast right now I'm not I haven't been thinking about this and saying oh I'm so excited to do this podcast I can't wait to do this podcast this is going to be the most important thing in my life i'm just here and i'm doing and in by in by doing that i'm not thinking consciously of hey i need to do this to make this podcast great i need to do that and similarly we do that like on a day-to-day basis in all our lives
0: this is making me thinking of something my um my, my own coaches have been saying recently actually and whenever we look at things we attach stories to those things opinions to facts if if i look at um If I look at a a podcast, I might think, oh, um, what are people going to think of this? Or what are they saying? Or what does that mean? Mm. Or I could just look at it as a podcast and that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: And if we keep things that simple and not attach our own stories, our own narratives, our own ways of thinking to everything, that makes things a lot simpler. And we won't have any of these. For example, if I was to... I'll give an example, actually. So some people I work with, they struggle expressing themselves on social media. Mm. They're seeing it as an elephant. I'm mm. seeing it as a pebble and that's, that's only exception. Yeah. That's, only they're,
1: they're attaching so much importance to it. So yeah, I think, well, I, like, like I said, I'm still reading this book, but the, the chapter that I just did read was, you know, it talked about all, all, all of the spectrum of things such as negativity, self-esteem issues, um, confidence issues. Uh, money, um, finances, uh, material desires, everything, right? But the chapter concluded with the saying of basically saying, if you look at the root of all of the things previously discussed that I just mentioned, the root stems from attaching too much importance onto things. Similarly, like money is a huge one, right? When it comes to happiness, people have so many fights over money or like stresses over money. And it's like, if you look at money just as money, and if you don't attach importance to it, like when it comes, it comes and appreciate it. Be grateful for it. But at the same time, don't be afraid to let it go. Because the moment you start af- being afraid to let it go, you're only putting more importance on it. And thereby you're giving out, you know, and bear with me here again on this part, it's like you're giving out this energy of lack of, you know, I, I don't
0: want to lose this, this, is, <laughs> this is this is reminding me of something I read as well. Um, so it's by Mike, Michael Neal, wrote this book called Supercoach, amazing book on like life principles too. Mm. And he talks about money and say there are two people at a campfire and they run out of wood. And then the person says, oh, let's just go and get some wood, put more wood in the fire. Mm. The person could not even think about it. They just go get some more wood and bring it to the fire. They exactly. know it's there. They know they can get it and they bring it there. But if someone says, "Oh, well, um, let's have get some more money to have a vacation. Do we have yeah. enough money for a vacation? Do we? Yeah. Uh, how are we going to get this? Like, can we afford to lose that money? Like, what's going on? So if we treated money in the same way as we treat a lot of other things, and that we can realize that it is already abundant, and by treating it like it's not, that is just going to push it further away, as you said. Exactly, and and this
1: this also um goes into um. The happiness and money thing tied together, I think really, uh, not, not well, but I think it's for a lot of people, happiness and money are married together in, in a way that, um, people always feel like for them to get X or for them to achieve a goal, they require money. And you know what, like we do live in a world where yes, having like a sack full of money will help you get a few things here and there. But I think the real wealth and the real abundance of money comes in when you, you go for the goal that you want. Like for example, like if you want to travel, it requ- you require money to travel. Like it's not a cheap thing. It's not a cheap feat, but that's what you what makes you happy, right? You want to be like, Hey, I want to travel because it's going to make me happy. I want to explore the world. I want to learn new cultures, et cetera. But then people attach this importance to oh but i don't have enough money to go travel and they start focusing on how to get more money how to get more money how to get more money and by doing that they attach too much importance to money and by doing that they don't get the money and then they don't get the goal of traveling and then they're sad Mm -hmm. but instead if you just focus on the goal and only the goal you will find that money is always an accompanying attribute of the purpose of the mission that's just how it works and it's i've had this from like first-hand experience So I know if this sounds a bit, you know, a bit too crazy, or, you know, you might be thinking, Hey, you're just telling me not to worry about money and focus on my goal. That's exactly what I'm telling you to do. And if you do it with genuine intention of going for your goal, because it makes you happy and it's what you truly want to do, that's when the money will come to you in
0: ways that you won't even expect. To add to that, um, as well as focusing on the goal and just that mission, coming from a place of service before anything else, um coming from a place where you are serving others because that's where the riches come from when you're providing a service that really Mm. benefits others money will flow to you and when you come with that service and not just coming from a place of neediness for the money Mm. the abundance will come too yeah exactly it's like the greatest success is to
1: help other people achieve success you know and it's like i'm going to read this one passage from the book because i just found it on my kindle it's like If you have placed the likelihood of achieving your goal on the condition of getting rich first, drop that condition fast. And it is not the goal that is achieved with the help of money, but rather the money that follows on as you create the path to your goal. That's by Zealand, right there. That's a beautiful (laughs) quote, man. It is a beautiful quote.
0: (laughs) I've got many more. This is an amazing book, guys. You should go get it. <laughs> this book is a thousand pages. I need to get it. <laughs> but look, it's like
1: even this sentence here, the majority of people think and do the opposite though. They serve somebody else's goal and they replace their own with an artificial substitute because they want money first. Or they re- renounce their own goals entirely because the condition of them having to be rich first seems unachievable. And money is nothing more than just an accompanying attribute to the path to your goal, as I said. At all, really. <clears throat> you get, Like, yeah, you've got to think about, like, the world functions on money and therefore, therefore I think the reason we're speaking about money a lot right now is because, like I said, I feel like a lot of people attach their happiness to certain goals which require money and the world practically operates on money, whether we like it or not. But you have to look at money in the aspect of If I do this, money will come, not I need to do this to get money and then that will come.
0: One thing that tends to bring a lot of unhappiness too is that I actually grew up having this mentality for a bit too and I realized Mm. the error of my ways, (laughs) but seeing money as a bad thing and Mm. and seeing it as something that like seeing rich people as like, it's not good to be rich and all this, but then even people who don't have money, they may say they don't value it, but then they do because they want these things. Yeah. So if we remove that stigma around money as as being a bad thing, that can really help it flow to you, anyway. Hundred percent. I was, you know, what this is actually really interesting that you said that. So I was
1: speaking to one of my friends that I met recently, like uh, last two months, and she she's come from a background where she's never had the the lack of money. Like she was always she always had money if she needed it. She hasn't been spoiled by money or in a bad way, so she still like understands the value of money, but. She had a mindset shift, which I, when I was, when she was telling me about her childhood and how she kind of grew up with money, it made me realize how mine differed a lot. So as a background, like I didn't come from a family with like millions, you know, like they're all rich. I came from nothing and I made my own way, but it was like up until a certain, like as she was telling me her story, it made me realize that because she always had money from her family, there was never a feeling of lack. There was never even idea of Mm like, it was always just in just unconsciously her idea and perception of money was I'm always going to have it. And as a result, she got more and more and more. She started her business. Suddenly things started going well. She met people out of the blue and like more and more just came to her because she always had this idea that money was never an issue. But obviously I think 80% of the world is the opposite. If they don't have that, or maybe, you know, they're not born into a rich family, but so what? And it's like, I had that for a while. I had that mindset for a while of like, hey, if I get money, I need to be really careful with it. I need to like, be like, you know, store it away and like be greedy with it or like not spend, right? The moment I just let that out the roof and I just said to myself like, hey, money will always come to me. I'm going to make money no matter what. If I spend it, I spend it, it will come back times 10. And like the moment you really like embody that, is when it just becomes so much easier. And this is like speaking from like first-hand experience, guys.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, we spoke a lot about money, that's like it, it is, money. It is connected. Not connected, but it does tend to play a role in people's pursuit of happiness. For sure. Which is why we have brought it up. What, um, what other ways did you try to seek happiness? Yeah, because that was the original question, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Massive tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me personally... I would say, I remember there was a, not just a few years ago, I would, I would have this mentality of wanting something to look forward to. I wanted to have something like in a couple of weeks, in a few weeks, whatever, that I could look forward to, to experience happiness, hmm. some kind of, even if it's just like a party whatever, just I wanted to have something to look forward to that I, was, that I could be excited about. And I remember thinking that, and I thought it was a good thing at the time, because it just got me excited for things that are coming up, which is cool. Yeah. But it still took you away from where you are now and just being present and being happy, like, no matter if you have something to look forward to or not. I didn't consciously remove that. It just kind of happened as I started to grow. Um, but that's definitely somewhere I looked for happiness in terms of having something to look forward to, to do for a fleeting moment of joy or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and definitely I'd say relationships too. Yeah. Um, Seeking, yeah. <laughs> that, seeking that kind of fulfillment of validation almost validation love yeah. whatever you want to call it um yeah so just kind of looking for that too and that doesn't serve me either because then if I'm single where does that leave my happiness and mm. I feel like yeah a lot of people look for that in relationships and that does tend to play an impact in how they handle themselves in them because if we're coming from a place that's already happy and full of love then our relationships as a result are going to be healthier <clears throat> and pure. Like there'll be the purest form of love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like
1: it, it, you stop putting conditions on everything and it's not just relationships, just anything you stop putting conditions of, Hey, I, cause if like, if you look at relationships from that point, that I think we both used to where it's like, you need that. You seek that validation. You seek somewhat the company of the person you desire or etc. You become, almost selfish in a way because you're like hey i need you so i can be happy right like how how selfish does that sound when you hear it out loud
0: and right. it's crazy right like it does that's that's reminding me of <laughs> if you guys have seen friends <laughs> there's this episode where um <laughs> where there's this like altercation between joey and phoebe and she's say he was saying that there is no good deed Uh yeah there's, there is no know. there's no selfless good deed right because we always get something from it yeah. whether that's validation or happiness or whatever and i, I mean hmm, what do you think what do you think about that one i think it's a, I think it's a rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we want to avoid that rabbit hole? <laughs> no no it's, it's
1: not a matter of way. i think like to to an extent just because of the way we interact with people it's like you, you know you don't go up to people on the street and have these kind of conversations that we're having where you are like hey what's your idea of happiness <laughs> and like that you just yeah. you know open up and become vulnerable and you explain exactly the way i think exactly the way you think and exactly the way i perceive life and the, the way you perceive life you don't have that so to an extent you're always operating by rules whether we like it or not like that's that's just the way that our world has been built upon it's like you can try change that but it's going to cost you a lot more upset and stress to try change it than it will to just
0: be um, one thing that does kind of confuse me mm. is that people always talk about how <clears throat> you know they need to be rich to be happy, they need to have this to be happy, whatever, mm. but we still see so much of how that isn't true, of how people acquire the riches and then become lost because they've realized, I'm not satisfied, what's going on?
1: Mm.
0: But then people still chase it anyway. And I don't know what the exact cause of, I mean, we could talk about the ego and how its role in our in happiness because... Mm we will have a relationship with our ego, whether it's a healthy one or not. And I think, I mean, if we look into like the, the power of now, that's a definitely a book to check out Eckhart Tolle. Um, but he talks about the ego a lot, but essentially we will have a relationship with our ego. And it's about how we, how we treat that relationship with it, whether we let it take away our happiness or we actually, or whether we actually, Oh let it, Control us consumers consume us, mm, consumers. yeah I
1: think I think when it comes to the whole talk again about money and there are some rich people not being happy and then some poor people being happy, and then similarly the opposite like poor people poor people being completely upset and then rich people being very happy at the end of the day, I genuinely do believe that it comes down to the level of importance that we place on the subject um, if you look at it like truly. There's a lot of examples of like truly wealthy people who are very happy, like genuinely. And if if you have conversations with those people, I think you very quickly understand that money was never their goal. It was always something else that would make them self-content and the money just came. And then, you know, of course you get to points where it's just absurd levels of wealth where it's like they have more than they could ever do with it. And then they tend to give it away and etc. But I think it's when you, when you lose that sight of, the true purpose that you're meant to be doing or that really resonates with you. I think when you either don't have sight of it or you lose that sight, that's when you become upset. And I think in Psycho-Cybernetics, another book, um, which Camille will be reading, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it talks about that, like how there was this rich businessman and he was doing very, very well. And he got to a point where he was making like, I think he was making like multiple six figures at his job as like the general manager of like the U S and then one day he got um, promoted to the next level and as he got promoted even though he had like three times what he was earning before he didn't feel happy and it all came down to um his self-image after he was talking to the guy the author who wrote the book he, he realized that it was his self-image that was stopping him because in his mind he always saw himself as that i make multiple six figures and i'm great at it and amazing and then suddenly he got promoted and it's like oh now i make like in the, he's in the seven figures now right and he doesn't see himself as deserving or worthy, or he doesn't see himself as being seven figures, work worthy, etc. And as a result of all that compared with other factors and his self image, it came down to his turmoil. And in the moment he realized that, Hey, this is the root cause. Like it's not, you know, cause at the end of the day, your external factors and circumstances never define if you're happy or not. I think the people who are truly happy, other people that are at any level on the scale, but they know that they they are a certain thing. I think that's when we are truly unhappy. When our self image, I'm trying to word this in a great way, when our self image <clears throat> doesn't match our environment, that's when a lot of people feel unhappy.
0: That's very true. When you think about it, boom. Yeah, knowledge bombs, <laughs> golden nuggets, <laughs> golden nuggets. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I liked how you were talking about not focusing on the money, but focusing on the mission or the purpose or mm. focusing on something else. And then the money will come as a result of that. Mm. Um, cause we do tend to think about how do I get money rather than how do I provide this service yeah. and then money will come as a result. And it's a lot easier to actually <clears throat> attach yourself to a, a mission or a purpose than it 100%. is to attach yourself to money because
1: like you can only force your will so much only will power your way through so much like yes you can try wake up at 5am every day and be like hey i'm gonna do x amount of work because it's gonna give me
0: x amount of paycheck but you can only do that so much when you think about it, a lot of people now who aren't happy with what they're doing they're looking for that sense of purpose not just happiness but purpose mm, purpose and people who have found their purpose tend to have a higher degree of happiness yeah Than those who have not um, so maybe something to think about in terms of maybe starting to focus on what you want, starting to focus on what gives you energy, starting to focus on how you want to be of service to humanity. Really, mm-hmm.
1: that gives that brings me on to actually another point that you just sparked. Um, it's the fact that people always feel like their age uh, limits them. This is this is one thing that actually really opened my eyes in um, the book Psycho-Cybernetics It was the fact that in in a lot of society today, if you're over the age of 30, 40, 50, you're getting old, right? And 50, 60, 70, you're old now. 80, 90, 100, you are now old. A lot of people just seem to, to think that. And in the book, it mentioned how rather than, rather than seeing I'm 40 and it's too late for me to start, I'm old now, or I'm 50 and I I feel like I'm old now, you will physically actually start feeling all the repercussions of being old. There was a study that they did where they took, I think, 125 70-year-olds who barely got out their chairs, could barely go for like a mile walk, and within two years, they changed their self-image to make them think and believe not even think because it's not like a parlor trick. It's legit. Like they made them believe that, Hey, 70 is not old. 70 is middle aged. That's what they made them believe. And within two years, every single one of those participants could run five miles every day at the age of 70. And honestly, I do think that if we start really changing our perception of what we think just is the
0: societal norm, that pressure alone (coughs) will make you so much happier, like so much happier. You know, that whole self image thing has a lot to do with the actual power of our mind and how it affects our body, too. Because so some, much that makes complete sense for something as basic as imagining, closing your eyes, maybe even try it now if you're listening. Yeah, but just close your eyes, really focus on if you're chewing, like biting into a lemon. If you do that, I can. There's a higher chance you're going to start salivating, and your mouth, your body's going to think you are actually eating a lemon.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's true. Like it happens on a day to day. Like if you genuinely think that you can't achieve something, you're going to find more and more reasons in reality to to prove that. And like even in your physical abilities, you might be like, "Oh, I'm I'm too tired too quickly. I can't achieve it." Like it will literally be not even just external things, it's internal things too. You'll feel more tired. You'll feel uh less focused, you'll feel um like you can't take in more information than you need to. And you'll always feel like you're in this state of lack. Like the mind is so powerful. So when it comes down to happiness, I think you you truly do have to first go to the root of that happiness, which isn't outside, which isn't money, which isn't a goal, which is uh, yeah. hey, who do do I think I'm even worth being happy at first? Do I deserve happiness? Cause I think one of the most common thoughts of today is I'm not good enough. I read this somewhere. One of the most common thoughts. Um, I'm
0: not good enough. When you were talking about looking elsewhere, right? Yeah. I just remember reading something where there were these gods and they were asking, where do we place like this secret to life? Where do we place it? And mm. some of them were saying, oh, let's put it in the mountains. Let's put, in it, put it in the clouds. Let's put it deep under the earth. Let's put it everywhere. All these other places. Somebody said, put it in them. Well, and like then and like they said, the last place they'll look is inside. <laughs> and how true, <laughs> how, tr- how true is that to a lot of how we perceive things these days? If we just take time to do some deep, deep inner work, that's where it all comes from. And that's what it all comes down to. You know what? I think that in its
1: own is a limiting belief. The fact that it needs to be deep inner work. The fact that it needs to be hard to find happiness and purpose.
0: Not Not just okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That is very true. Um, but in terms of not looking outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's the main focus. But then also, that was bringing me to my next thought of like a lot of people, when you tell them these things of like, hey, you need to look inside and like you are the real issue and you're the one who's causing all this in your life that you do not want. They don't want to.
0: They don't want to. They don't want to to look inside. That's because that comes down to fear and ego exactly. and sometimes it's, it is hard to sometimes look at ourselves and look inside and face the demons or face the shadow sides or whatever you want to call it, that we have to ourselves mm. because it's not always an easy thing to face. Um, and some people aren't even conscious of it and that's the thing cause they might not even realize whatever is in their subconscious or that mm. could be having manifestations in their life now. Um, when you're talking about the simplicity of it, okay, so there's, there's happiness and there's enlightenment and there's a whole like, enlightenment can be a very confusing thing and it's not meant to be. Mm. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. But we obviously look at some of these highly spiritually conscious, aware monks or yogis, very few have actually achieved enlightenment. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to class happiness as enlightenment because, because, no, neither were there. That's like I think uh, I don't want to attach too much to enlightenment because that would just push it further away. Mm. But I feel like there is a different category there.
1: No, I think yeah, I think it does fall into its own kind of level of a, of a state of a level of being, of some some sorts. But it's it's not even just attaching with spiritual things though. It's attaching with everything, like everything. Like if you say to somebody, "Hey, can you?" can you afford that that two million pound house next year? Most people are going to be like, are you crazy? Like, how's that going to happen on my salary on this and that? And like, they'll find so many excuses to avoid that happening. Mm-hmm. They'll spend more energy trying to avoid that rather than putting the energy into actually attaining it. Because if you, if you say to, like, if you look at like the top 1% in the world and you ask them, hey, and you say to them, hey, it's hard to be where you are. I'm sure most of them will turn around and say, well, yes, it might seem that way. And like, yeah, it wasn't like the easiest of things to like go after obstacle, after obstacle, after obstacle, but it's literally a step-by-step guide. Yeah. Like a lot of the autobiographies are a step-by-step guide. That's why like knowledge is so powerful when it comes to your own self-development and happiness. Like you're learning from people who've already achieved what most people want. So like, that's one of my biggest tips. It's like, if you want something, there's probably someone, the chances are, there's probably someone out there in this world that already has it. Has what? That has
0: the thing that you desire. Oh yeah. That you want. But that's, we can look at all of these self-development masters and gurus yeah. and people of bigger business, 100% they have great knowledge to pass down to us. But yeah. it's also about doing what works for you because it's not a template. Mm. and it's important important to not just apply whatever they do to what you do because everyone's different everyone has their own way of doing things and finding it's all about authenticity too and yeah because i've I've made this point before but there is no one else like you in the entire planet and you have more to serve yeah you have more (laughs) to serve than anyone else can because no one can provide what you can because you are you and no one else is like you and once you tune into that and manage to find a way to express it, you're going to go far, both internally and externally. Mm. It's, I actually say
1: this to a lot of uh, the people that in, message me on Instagram a lot. It's like the, people always have this perception of, I, I've said this so many times, even on my own like weekly newsletter, people always think you, you can read one book, you can take one course, you can have one mentor, and that's it. You just apply that knowledge and you're good to go. But it's like life is more of like a accumulation of knowledge you know and that life is like accumulating that knowledge accumulating what is relevant to you and your path and using that knowledge in the appropriate way that serves you
0: Mm.
1: you know like that's why I love reading like I love reading because it it, it lets me accumulate that knowledge and then when situations arise if I've read that book properly without even thinking like unconsciously the, the solution is there or like I see the situation in a whole different light i think we can both test to that like the way you and i see like life and problems and now compared to like a year and a half ago when we first set out on this journey
0: the difference is like insane one thing that um that can definitely help is you said about attaching importance to things and attaching Mm. attaching these whatever we attach to certain things but if we if if we essentially take ownership of everything and realize that we are mirrors in what comes into our life and realize that we attract what is going on internally for us what would that do for how you carry yourself what would that do for how you view things that come into your life it would give you so much more control yeah power and control because when we feel powerless when we feel like a victim Where does our happiness go? It feels like it's outside us. It feels like it's out of our control. Mm. But if we're able to realize and take ownership of all of that. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah. It's like, it goes back to the saying I said in the beginning,
1: life happens through you, not to you. Through you, not to you. (laughs) Say it with me. Through you, not to you. (laughs) But it's true. But a lot of people do live in that state, unfortunately, of life happens to me. And... There's like like everybody has their own time of when they can be ready to learn, but the sad truth is a lot of people's time comes after they've passed away, and they end up living a life where they're never really happy. That's the sad truth. (laughs) Like I like I guess we can sit here and say like everybody has their own time, but some people's times come after Mm. they've gone. Like they will spend their whole physical life never really accepting the knowledge that's there and bettering their lives living a life that they never really were happy with or satisfied with they pass away the time's gone and i think it just comes down to do you want that for, for most of you listening you're like fuck no <laughs> <laughs> like, right? like you, that's scary what you just said awesome, man. i don't want that i don't want that for you either
0: <laughs> like it's
1: it's, oh, like, it's like you is, said
0: it's making me think of um, I forgot who the who the quote was by, but it's very powerful. it's um it's about our biggest fear is not that like we are not enough or something, but our biggest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm. And what if you are able to do that? What if you are able to succeed and be happy? what if what if that is actually what you can do? Mm. because I want to say our ego gets sometimes attached to where we're comfortable. And if we're living in negativity, if we're living in a state where things are comfortable for us in that way, Mm. making a change can be difficult and change can be hard depending if we view it that way.
1: Agreed. And also how, I I think this is another important thing we should touch on. I don't think happiness is based off just fine. Like, I don't think happiness is just a thing that just comes to you. Right. I think we live in a world and also just the way we were like prehistorically, you know, the the prehistoric things that we went through there was a time where like the feeling of fear would save your life right mm. but now we live in a time where we have that luxury where that doesn't apply anymore but we're so in tune to that feeling where that we let fear sadness anger be so much more emotionally powerful than happiness and this, this is what i was saying in the beginning where i was like fear takes up a whole lot more time and a lot, a lot more energy than a happy moment will like if you compare like the energetic levels of both, yeah. fear, anger, sadness are just like off the charts compared to happiness. And I think happiness comes also down to building conscious, initially, good habits of like catching yourself out when you're thinking negatively and changing that to, to a positive. I think 75% of people, when you ask them about the future, they think of it in a negative way or a negative thought comes to mind. But instead of thinking about the future in a negative way, how about you caught yourself out and change that focus to oh, I can't wait to achieve that. I can't wait to have this. I can't wait until this happens. Not even I can't wait to have this. More of like I can't wait till it happens because you know mm-hmm. it's going to happen with certainty. And in the beginning, you might feel like you're faking it till you're making it. But I think at, to a after a certain point when it becomes co- a conscious habit, it then becomes unconscious.
0: To some of you who may be thinking, "Oh, like is that even true?" Yes. There's there's, <laughs> a, there's, an, there's actual scientific basis for that, and there's a there's this thing called neuroplasticity. Oh, yeah, exactly. and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the fact that our brain can always change, always right? It has that ability. So if our if we're thinking in a certain way, our neurons are firing in that same direction in that same pattern of thought over and over again, and right. that. And our brain hates to make things difficult for us. It wants it to be easy and familiar, which is why change can be hard sometimes. Yeah. But if we use the conscious thought and action to develop new ways of thinking, different neurons will fire. With repetitive action on it, those new neurons will become solidified and actually become habitual neural pathways that make that way of thinking even easier. So there you go. There's a scientific basis for that. There you go. And that, that's why... And then another thing, actually, is that, um, a lot of people think that, hey, as you get
1: older, it's it's uh, it's too late for you. You, like, get dumber, essentially. A lot of people do think mm, that. Yeah. They have that conception. It's actually proven by science that your peak of intelligence is be- at 35, right, is when you hit the – for most people, they hit their peak of intelligence, and it's maintained until they're 75.
0: Mm.
1: That same level, for more than 40 years, it's maintained. So if you're sitting here and you're like I don't know twenty five twenty nineteen and you think hey in like by the time I'm twenty five I'm gonna get dumber that is so not true, <laughs> right? And it's like and if you are listening and you're in that age of thirty five to seventy five, just know that you it's not going anywhere. Like you can only just continue, right? Like you're not you're not gonna get dumber. <laughs> I think having that also just takes a lot of pressure off because I think just in general society has placed so much of our innate desire to be happy or to be successful or to have good feeling on external things. Yeah. And it's become of like, Hey, but I'm too old to have this. I'm too young to have this. I don't have money to have this. I don't have, I'm not the right person to have this. Right. There's so much external. That that actually creates a sense of never winning. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I mean. And it's, but that's the fact. Like if you look at, if you look at 90% of people today, that's how they live. And it's like, I will never be the person. And I realize this, you know, maybe not too long ago, like it's not my place to judge those people of wherever they are. Right. Because to them, they might be happy in those roles that they're in. Like for them, like maybe working a decent job and having a decent salary and having a month holiday a year, maybe that is happiness to them because they don't know more. They don't know beyond that. That's their bubble of, uh, their experience when it comes to
0: happiness and uh, when it comes to like satisfaction and contentment, right? That's their experience. But then again, if they are, <clears throat> I think happiness is the same for everyone. Yeah. In the sense that you can experience it, whether you're in extreme poverty or experience it, whether you are rich beyond measure. And if someone is happy and content and satisfied with what they have then, and they don't want to change, mm. then that's fine because that they've achieved what everyone wants. They've achieved happiness. They've achieved happiness exactly, and I think it's if if you're in that state, then it's great, good for you, <laughs> <laughs> like that, like good for you, like for real, like good for you. I commend you. You were talking about, um, <clears throat> you said just just now about how it's removing what also doesn't serve us, what we're doing now. To so say certain things that may be draining us of energy or whatever, certain things that aren't serving what we're doing. Yeah. So sometimes we maybe meet up with people or we do certain activities. Or we go to certain places and it's not something that actually serves that happiness and serves how we want to be. So maybe taking some time to think about what can I remove from my life that is draining me of energy? What can I remove that isn't serving me? What can help me to find that happiness?
1: Hmm. Sorry, I was looking at that pigeon over there. <laughs> he was uh, staring at me.
0: We've got a view of uh, the garden and some nice birds chilling outside. So yeah, we have a fan. <laughs> He's just slicking us. Um,
1: no, but yeah, going back to what you said, I think it's the whole um, not serving us and eliminating those things. I think it's important. And I, like one of my, I would say not favorite quotes, but like impactful quotes that I've heard is, when you are doing something that you're meant to be doing, and it's truly in line with your purpose, you will feel joy. And I think now, now is a good segue to
0: transition into joy versus happiness. Hmm. So I always thought of joy as something that is kind of momentary and happiness was a state of being.
1: Hmm. I'm
0: the same. So I think
1: joy is like an indicator that you are on the right track.
0: Oh my, that's just given me, <laughs> that's just given me um, a moment of like remembering when that kind of happened. So before, throughout school, university, my first job, whatever, mm-hmm. I never got <clears throat> this feeling from my work. <clears throat> and it was only when I started coaching and I felt such fulfillment and joy just from serving someone. I didn't get tired from it. And if i was tired at the end of the day it was a feeling of like wow i served people today i Mm -hmm. I was fulfilled doing it and you know that was that feeling um but always now i did want i did used to turn up to um serving people with the expectation it will fulfill me but if i'm already coming from being fulfilled and coming from a place of service anyway Mm -hmm. coming from a place of happiness then that's just going to impact my work even more but the point is that once i had that feeling of fulfillment from service mm. i just knew this is like this is this is my purpose my path my mission like here it is felt joy <laughs> felt joy <laughs> simply simply
1: put yeah no but yeah and i think it again goes back into what we've been talking about like the the feeling of putting importance on, it, on everything like that feeling where you said um used to go into the into the calls and into the conversations with the feeling of like I need to serve this person. Mm. You are putting so much importance on it. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, it just didn't live up to its full like potential that it could. But I think somewhere along the way you just let go of that and then that's when you when you felt the joy and you just you were it. Mm. You weren't here, you weren't there, you weren't thinking about the expectation of pleasing this person. You were just doing in the state of being. You were in the the flow state as some people call it oh, it's a beautiful statement
0: yeah. <laughs> um but yeah well, what other things did we want to discuss i feel like we've off the top of my head i'm trying to i can't think of any massive bits of knowledge we could spit right now <laughs> <laughs> i think um let's just do like a over, over overall summary, summary of, yeah. of happiness and our pursuits so we kind of talked about what happiness means to us in terms of a state of being mm. of where you are, who you are, and not attaching it to anything external or where we want to be um, coming from a place of like service fulfillment, maybe finding a, a purpose and a mission to, to align with that. So you're not focused on the money or not attaching money to your happiness too. Mm. Also,
1: when it comes to the finding a purpose thing, I think people need to, um, I think a lot of people need to let go of this, of this like preconceived notion that they've got to like actively, like super hard, like try, mm-hmm. and like, it's going to be so hard to find the purpose. And when they do, it's going to be the most amazing thing. Cause then you're putting importance on it
0: again. The advice I can give on that because I was in a place where I was lost and hadn't found my purpose. Mm-hmm. I kind of talked about it in the previous podcast, but I'll just say it again. I let go of expecting something to come to me. I had faith at would, I came from a place inside where I already had all the abundance already had that purpose already. It was already there. Mm. It was just the opportunity to come. Right? So if I was in that place in myself, as we said, life is a mirror of what's inside us. So if you're already coming from the place within you, it will come as long as you also take action on it too. So instead of, you know, waiting for things to just magically appear coming from the place, but at the same time, taking opportunities, putting yourself out there, taking action. You will eventually find it and it will happen. Having desire and then fueling that
1: desire with with action behind it. So then it doesn't become like a dependent relationship. Mm. You know, you don't depend on X to then feel X.
0: Yeah, well said. You're well said, <laughs> You, you just—you just reminded me of something that I read in the
1: book. Honestly, this is an amazing book. <laughs> Look, it has everything. This was an amazing podcast, I yeah. Was you. Yeah, like I feel like we dropped a lot of uh, knowledge bombs, and and I also think we needs to be addressed again. Like, if if we were having this exact same conversation one year and six months ago, we would not have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> like we would not have anything substantial to say. Be like, mm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And like, even then, I don't think it would really hit us, right? The, the,
0: the little things that we've talked about throughout this podcast. I want to make a point on that. So <clears throat> sometimes we may think when we're interacting with people, when we're spreading our knowledge, when we're spreading what we know, we think, mm-hmm. oh, people might not care. They're not going to understand. They're not going to do this or that. But you never know what impact you'll have on someone whether that's in the moment or 10 years later, think people can remember certain things, whether they even are aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. So you never know what impact you'll have on people. But if you come from a place of service and do that, it'll have the impact it's going to have. And you never know what that could be. So if you let go, as you said, of the attachment and the importance of how you can impact people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also like don't, my, my point on the whole timescale thing was like, don't feel like, It's going to take you years to achieve it. It's going to take you a decade to get there, right? Timelines are irrelevant. Somebody can achieve everything they've wanted in the span of two months. Somebody can achieve it in the span of 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant. But like, that's another thing, right? Happiness is affected just because of where we're at in society today with social media, et cetera. A lot of it does come down to the whole comparison factor. And by comparison, I mean, we're not comparing like ultimately, yes, you compare like, oh, he's got that car. I want that car. They got it before me. They've got that nice bag. They've got that nice watch. They've got that nice house. Or they have that body that I want, right? (laughs) Ultimately, what you're comparing is timelines. Don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 50, right? It's cliche saying, but like it's true. And it's like, if you truly just ignore everyone else's timelines and focus solely on yours, you're not going to feel that lack of, you're not going to feel lack. You're not going to feel like, oh, I don't have it yet. You're just going to be like, I will have it. You're, again, it's all comes down to changing that focus on how you think about things consciously. And if you are in that state right now where you're thinking, I don't have this yet. I'm not happy yet. I'm not this, that, I need this. Change that focus,
0: make it a habit, make it a positive habit. And there do are,
1: there are all these
0: cliche sayings like chapter one, chapter 50, highlight reels, stay in your lane. Yeah. But there is a lot of depth to it and if we are safe stale at lane for example there's a reason they're saying <laughs> what what if what if there was no other lanes what if it was all just about you and what if it was, everything was just about your journey how would that change your perspective on other people's boom <laughs> knowledge bombs
1: um so yeah i think when it, that's that's my last point that's the last thing i can really give there it's just ignore timelines do you and truly start making conscious efforts to make those changes in your life. Cause if you don't like where you're at right now, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not, it doesn't come down to external things. It comes down to what's inside you. And the moment you can free up those burdens that are within you,
0: you will very quickly notice that life will become easier. I remember seeing this. Um, I think Jim Carrey said it. Yeah. He's actually massive, very well guy right now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Mike Tyson, <too. laughs> Mike Tyson too. Um, you're listening i'd love to be on your podcast by the way <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i remember seeing jim carrey is talking about okay i could do a whole podcast on uh, mental health and depression and stuff i'm not going to do it now but he was basically saying that sometimes people who are depressed they're trying to be someone that they're not meant to be or they're trying to oh yeah. I, I had this on yeah, yeah. I had so this one. They're, they're being someone that they're not meant Depre- to be
1: depression is he said that being depressed is because you need a deep rest. That's what he said, Jim Carrey.
0: A deep rest. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was like, being depressed is your body and your higher self telling you that you need a deep rest. You need a deep rest from all this facade and fake mm-hmm. masks you're putting yeah. on. And he literally just said it like multiple times. He's like, you need a deep rest. Depressed is depressed. And I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that can be our,
0: our last knowledge bomb. I think that's the last knowledge bomb. Um, courtesy of Jim. Uh yeah, that's pretty much it for so, me. Yeah, that's it was great to have you on here, man. I thought that was an amazing podcast. A lot of knowledge for all of you to to learn from. Just had my insights ting- tingling, you know,
1: throughout that.
0: Where can people find you? Um anywhere. I'm everywhere and
1: nowhere at the same time. <laughs> Could I'm with you right now, guys. I'm with you right now. Uh no, but you can find me on Instagram uh arsalanuk U K A-R-S-A-L-A-N-U-K. Um, Not US, UK. (laughs) That's pretty much it.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And if you've got any other questions, as you know, my Instagram is at The Ascension Coach and on Facebook at Camille Ravine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, have a great day and I'll see you guys next week.